0: Love Life. Featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the
1: light. I celebrate my failures as steps closer to success. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. We're
0: giving you a real motivational pep talk today, aren't we, Jane? It's we are. on failure. But look, I actually think that there's I don't know if I can say two forms of failure, but I think we're going to attack it in two different ways. I have a feeling from Jane's murmurings that she's going to be really helping people see how it plays out in life and business. Yep. And I want to go into when I'm in a session with someone they have got their hand on their heart and they're in tears and they're saying, I'm just so scared of, of being a failure or not being good enough and how it's connected to the real deeper self-worth stuff as well. So. Jane, I'm going to let you take the floor because you've got some cool stuff to say on the topic of failure because... Hopefully it's cool. (laughs) Because I'm a master at
1: failing. There you go. Boom, boom. And she owns it too. Absolutely. it. I truly, deeply, richly believe that when you master the ability to fail in anything in life, you then have the key to success. Because if you don't know how to fail, then you're going to be paralyzed towards moving to success because of your fear of failure. And so I feel that you need to get comfortable with failure. So what is failure? Well, it, I actually don't it think it exists. It exists. I was about to say, Joan, is there such a thing as no. failure? It's, it's perception. It's this bizarre kind of concept yeah, it's that perception. we have
0: that you either win or lose, Yeah, which is so deeply ingrained in our whole society, good guys, bad guys, rankings, hierarchies, systems, report cards. It's ridiculous. <laughs> It's, it's not a linear projected sort of upward climb sort of thing. Nothing in life is. It's all about the circular and the cyclical. And as the, the Aboriginals always talked about, the dream time, it's like this great big long string that goes back around and meets up with up itself again. And when we had Christina Drieser on to talk about rhythms and cycles, there's no staircase. You just walk up and then just hit nirvana. The learning always goes in every direction, right? It's like exactly. like a big ocean of many moods and colours and shades of grey that's
1: just constantly rippling and changing and shifting according to the landscape. Exactly. And I like to say that if people have not failed at anything in life, you're actually not living. Love it. You are playing it far, far too safe. Suck on that. <laughs> Go out and fail. That's what Jane and I advise. Absolutely. Today. Go out. And Get out there and fail. And <laughs> love it and embrace it. But what are you gonna do from it? You're gonna learn. You're going to confront you're your You're going fears, to learn from failure. yourself
0: as well about
1: what's the worst, scariest thing that can happen to you if you fail. Well, well that's what's yeah. holding you back. Let's go back to the toddler that's learning to walk. Yeah. They don't fall over once and go, right, I'm done. They're like, right, get back up and I'll try again because I think I can. And this comes on the back of our, our um, talk last week about, you know, going back and doing the basics of the tools and you know what works and you just keep going. So you just fine tune, You're fine-tuning, fine-tuning. So the greatest thing that you do when you do have your perception of failure is get the gift. What is it that I now know about myself that I didn't know about myself prior to this experience? And it is an experience. It's nothing more than that. It is every time that you perceive yourself as having failed, you've just given yourself a great growth opportunity. You have stepped into something that was new to you that you didn't know how to do and you gave it a crack and you tried, but you didn't quite get it how you wanted it to be. But you're finessing the whole time. So then next time you give it another go and you finesse it and try things slightly different, you hang on to what did work and you try new things to what didn't work. So failure is just a mindset. And the more that you've got the ability to go, I'm going to give that a crack. And if it works, woohoo, that it doesn't, at least I've given it a crack. You're going to be loving life a lot more. So how do you get into the mindset of being able to fail and not feel like a failure? Well, First off, you applaud yourself for living life boldly and so you feel really good about that. You have gratitude for the fact that you live life boldly and that you're going to give something a crack. And it doesn't matter whether it's something massive that you want to set up the biggest business that's ever happened that is going to occur in your whole tribe Or whether it's that you want to go and ask a boy out on a date or that you want to go into a shop you've never been in before and buy some food that's weird that you've heard about and you want to try. And you think, oh, but what if I fail? What if I go in there and they think, you don't belong in here. You you can't be having this food. Or the boy says, you know, I don't want to go on a date. Ooh, with you, you know, how are you going to handle this? And I want, to, uh, I want to remind, too, that failure is actually about consistency as well. It's about getting back up, picking yourself back up, and going again, knowing your strike rate, knowing what your average is. Now, one of my favorite stories to share, and I'm, I don't know, I hope I haven't shared these before. I hope I'm not boring people with stories again. But a couple of, of elite um, sportsmen, professional sportsmen that are friends of mine, one of them is Andrew McLeod. So for those of you in Australia who follow Aussie Rules football, He was um, for many years a very successful Crows player. And I said to him one day, oh, my God, what does it feel like when you've got 100,000 people in a stadium watching you grab the ball and you're running for goal and you go and kick the ball and it doesn't go through a goal? You kick a point or it goes out on the full. You fail. How does that make you feel when you've got 100,000 people of which – Maybe if it's a hometown thing, 80,000 of them are all barracking for you. And there's this massive outpour of energy of, oh, pressure. What does that feel like? And he said, well, first off, I actually don't hear them. I don't hear the audience. You just don't hear the, the crowd, audience. <laughs> Sorry, that's my stage. That's, that's the entertainer in me, not the sports person. He doesn't hear the crowd. Um, but he said he actually gets excited when he kicks a point because he knows his averages and he knows the very next time he gets that that bit of pigskin to kick through the goals he's he's kicking a goal he knows his averages and another little sporting story is Brett Maher a lovely friend of mine who hang on
0: back up okay we need to talk about that oh okay so what he's doing is backing himself yes he's almost it's like this is real sports psychology he's thought it out long before he's ever been put in that position he's said to himself really quite logically it's like he sat himself down for a serious talk and he's said now Andrew um you don't need to worry about feeling out of control on the day or in the field because this is how you play this is what kind of player you are this is the way things generally go these are the patterns and he's reassured and grounded himself in the
1: certainty of the cycles and the patterns. Is that what he's done? Perfect. Is that he exactly works? what he's right. done. Okay. Exactly what he's done. So he's gone out on a football oval where he trains or practices or whatever, and he stands there and he runs around and he kicks the ball at the goals and he knows that he gets it through nine out of ten times. Or he gets it through three out of ten times. Or whatever his stats and are. He knows
0: what they are. If that started to change or drop, he would then go back in presumably and do whatever it
1: takes to recorrect that Exactly. So he'd look at his mindset. Actually, what he would do is everything that we spoke about on last week's podcast. He'd go back to the basics. Beautiful. Please continue, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Thanks for that. That's excellent. That's good. So the next story is about Brett Maher, who's a, uh, a three-time Olympic basketball player and is often known as, in basketball, it can come right down, or like in lots of sports, it can come right down to the buzzer. There can be literally two seconds left your team might be two points down and they call a timeout so they stop the play and then the game plan is that whoever's got the ball is going to get it straight to Brett and Brett's going to go for a three-point to win the game. Now, interesting coaching because you could give it to somebody that's going to have a or you could get the ball closer in and go for a two-point where it draws the game and you go into extra time. But the coach usually goes, no, we're going to go for winning. So, the ball is being passed to him and he's going to go for the a, a three-point shot, which means he's a lot further away from the goal, from the basket. And he's known as that's, that he takes the, the death shot, that last-minute shot. And so my question to him was, how do you handle that pressure? How do you do that? And he seems to, when I've watched him do it time and time again, do it so effortless, like he's the coolest guy. He's so calm. And he said to me, because I would rather the ball was in my hand and I know I've actually got a really, really good chance of getting this than it being somebody else that doesn't have the same stats that I do. And it goes back to the stats again. Again, it's no your averages. It's know what you are likely to achieve and what you're not. Now when you're achieving when you're trying to achieve something new, you don't know what those stats are. But you've got to start gathering them. And so it doesn't matter when you fail, you're just gathering stats. I love this. Oh, good. Oh, thank you. Good. I'm getting
0: excited. <laughs> but I, I, this is Rebecca getting really excited. But, you know, I'm thinking of applying this to clients I've had. and I've had like two of them just the last week, which is, you know, half the reason why I said, Jane, we've got to talk about failure because everyone's telling me they're failing right now. People are telling me they're failing because I'll say to them, how's your exercise looking? And they'll say, oh, well, you know, I kind of fell off a bit over Christmas and I know I should get back up and do my runs that I was doing with the dog every night at six or whatever. And I'll say, so if you're sitting on the couch at 5.45 looking at the clock thinking at six I probably should take that run that I try and do as part of my routine and you're not doing it, what's the reason why? And they go, oh well, i am just not motivated. And I say, yeah, 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 but what's the feeling? What's the resistance that's coming up in your body straight away? What's that emotion? And they'll go into it and they'll give me an answer like, oh, it's dread or it's tiredness or it's, I'll yeah, but what's underneath that? What's that? What's, what's the real thing that you're actually afraid of? If you were to get up and go and exercise, what's the block? What are you actually afraid of? What do you think it is? Failure is the next thing that comes out. Fear of failure. So fear of not exercising or fear of not going for that job or fear of not going for that relationship or fear of not meditating or eating right or doing something to progress and change and evolve your life. It comes back down to people are wording it as, I might
1: fail at it, so why bother? So I would reframe that and say, if failure does exist, then failure would be the ability to not do anything. Now, just say that again in English, Jane. If the word failure does actually exist or the emotion of failure does actually exist, then my perception of failure would be somebody who doesn't try. Somebody who just lies on the
0: couch forever. That's it. They're that actually is failed. the failure. See,
1: that's what I wonder when people say, like, and that, that, that's what Brett's saying, the failure is in not taking the shot.
0: I had a beautiful girl the other day saying that she wants to quit her job and go to another job. And, and I said, and I did lots of emotional digging with it and we got right down to the bottom. Why are you running away from, from the job you're currently in? She's fear, fear of failure, fear of failing it. And I said, but isn't running away from it and quitting it exactly the same thing you are choosing to kind of fail? Not that, I mean, it's a horrible word and I don't want to use
1: it. Yeah, no, but, but I think it's important that people are owning their behavior and right. owning their stuff. And so instead of going, oh, well, I'm not failing. I'm doing something different. I'm moving forward. It's like, well, actually you're running away.
0: Whereas he who snoozes loses. And if you just keep <laughs> staying in your same old patterns or staying lying on the couch, that is the version of failure. You can't fail by getting up and giving it a go. You can't. It's that's not, right. It's you have m- succeeded. It does sense. And I just want people to understand the link here that when they're actually saying failure, see, of course, I don't stop there. Practitioner Rebecca always says, that's great. You've got a fear of failing. What's the emotion? Failure isn't an emotion. Guess what the emotion is. 10 points. Chocolate frog to anyone who can guess what the emotion is. Jane knows. All right,
1: go Self-worth. So I started with the S. It's,
0: it's, it's lack of self-worth, which is self-belief, which is self-confidence, which is self-esteem, which is self-love, which is all those same sorts of energies. They are what's at the bottom of all of this. To that I would refer you back to episode whichever one it is. What do we
1: do? Twenty one, I think. I don't know.
0: No, no, no. What recently? Where is it? Hang on. We only did it the other week. About how to overcome your how to achieve self-worth episode ninety-nine. Go and have another listen to it because it will listen to it in tandem with this episode about failure.
1: Having and I think it's so important that you do, as we do, talk about on every single podcast, every episode, do the work on self worth. Absolutely, do the work on self love. But at the same time, be motivated by surrounding yourself with good stories of, you know, it's, we all love the rags to riches story. We all love the adverse, overcoming adversary, adv- adverse, adverse. Oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're all with you, Jane. Just, just keep talking. Sorry, my mind's going a hundred miles an hour. That, that word you can't overcome, that yeah, one. Yeah, that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Failure, but I'll try again in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, the you want to surround yourself by the feel-good stories that are in alignment with whatever it is that you're wanting to achieve. And, you know, we are the product of the five people that we spend our time around. So if you're wanting to achieve something and you've got a feeling of failure, then you need to fill your life with the people that have overcome that particular obstacle mm-hmm. that you've got, that have achieved whatever it is you're wanting to achieve. Or just the kind of people that get off the couch and don't lie there. Yeah, exactly. People so whatever it is, so you know, if, you're, if you're not getting off the couch and going for a run, then you need to surround yourself with people that, you know, read the books of, you know, of, I think that actually Brett Hill has got a book out about barefoot running or something. Yeah, and, go make friends um, with a personal trainer for Yeah, God's exactly. Sake. All of that. But also at the same time, fill your Twitter feeds and your own personal Facebook feeds with the people that maybe you haven't got access to people that have achieved what you're wanting to achieve, but guess what you have got access to, then there is no glass ceiling any longer. Surround yourself, submerge yourself in the blogs of the people that are perhaps well known that you don't physically know in person, but you can still be in their vibration and being motivated by their stuff. Like I love, and I love, I've got a couple of gorgeous stories, I think. I love the Abraham Lincoln story. Do you know that one, Beck? It's absolutely gorgeous.
0: Being half American, this is the point where I should say, oh, yes, Abe Lincoln, but no, I've got no idea. You've got to tell me.
1: <laughs> it's just one of my favorites because so everyone knows that he was, I don't know what number president because I'm not half American, that he was a president of the United States of America. He failed at eight elections before he was voted as the president. What I found amazing, though, about this guy <laughs> I'm giggling because I just think he's the best example. Now, I don't understand the American um Do you know what, Jane? Even the Americans can hardly understand oh, the American system, okay. So, just, just so I'm going to have to kind of give a bit of a basic thing. So apologies to the, our beautiful American listeners for not understanding.
0: And, and congratulations However, for understanding our accents as
1: well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, dear. So what he did was he went for his first election. Now, I'm going to use the Australian system here, which was like he went for the school council. He went to vote to get voted onto the school council and he failed. So he went, okay, what did I learn from that? But instead of going back and retrying to get onto the school council, he went one higher. So then he went to the parents' governing council. D- district council, <laughs> district let's council. say. Yeah. So the district. And he ran a campaign and he failed. So he learnt from that, but then he didn't apply for that one. He then went for the state government yep. and failed. Then he went for the national government and failed. He did eight of those each time. He never repeated at the same level. He actually had so much self-belief in what he learned from the previous um, attempt that he took it to a higher level. It's a really cool story. It's so cool, isn't it? So he failed at eight. He lost. Let's use that term. He didn't fail. He lost eight elections. He also... Apparently failed. There's that word again. But he failed in business twice. He suffered a nervous breakdown, and then after all of that, he got voted president of one of the most powerful countries in the world.
0: And he made Thanksgiving a national
1: holiday, woo! Amongst <laughs> other things, besides more important things like freeing slaves and so. Forth. Yeah, but that's the sort of thing <laughs> that you surround yourself with, you know. So that's like, you know, a, a, that's a perfect example of what is it that you learn when you are a perceived failure.
0: Now Jane's going to talk about Sylvester Stallone, and this is actually the reason why I've come today because this is the story
1: I really want to hear. Oh, okay. Right. right. Okay, so I'm going off memory here because I have told this story a lot of times, but I've told it years ago when I used to do quite a bit of motivational stuff with people, and so hopefully I'll get this right. Now, Sylvester Stallone, um, as you'd all know, is the star of the Rocky movie series. I don't even know how many Rocky movies there were. Five or something. There was a lot.
0: And his mum's a psychic. Go on.
1: Yeah, she is. He's got a cool mum. So he was a very part-time actor. I think he had like one minor role in some movie and he was really the struggling actor that was dead broke. He was so broke and not getting any gigs at all that he actually um, was living day to day on food, on the bones of his ass, hanging out in a library the only possession he had was his beautiful dog that he absolutely loved. Now, he wrote during this downtime, he wrote a script for a movie, which is now known as Rocky, the first Rocky. He wrote the script and he started pitching it to um, movie producers. Again, if I've got the terminology wrong, my apologies, but he was pitching to the powers that be in the movie industry. And uh, he got. Uh, he got offered $100,000 for the script, but he turned it down because he wanted to star in it. He said, no, I'm not a writer, I'm an actor. I wrote this, but I'm an actor and I want to play the lead in it. And they said, no, 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 you're not playing the lead in it. So they went away and they came back with another offer that was higher and they said, look, we really want this script. We think we can make this a really great movie, but you're not starring in it. Um he declined that higher offer. Then he was given a third offer and this offer was $400,000. Yeah. Now, what I want to tell you happened just before he was offered the $400,000. He was so broke that he had to sell his dog. So he stood outside a liquor store waiting for and asking people if somebody would like to buy his dog. So he sold his dog for $50 and that bought him some more food. He then turned down the $400,000 because he was absolutely determined that he was going to star in this movie that he'd written, the role perfect for him. Finally, they came back and they said, all right, fine, you can star in it, but you're only going to get $25,000. That's it because we're not going to invest much because we don't believe in you as an actor, but we believe in the movie concept. So he accepted $25,000 and he accepted the lead role in it. And then the very first thing he did was he went back and hung outside that liquor store for three days waiting to see his dog. And he offered the person that bought the dog off him $150 to buy the dog back. And then, of course, the rest is history. Those movies were blockbusters. They earned a squillion. He went on and made many other movies in the Rocky series. And so that's just, I think, a beautiful story of self-belief, but it's one really taken to the extreme. Isn't it amazing
0: when we see a human being, particularly one who's under the most down-and-out, high-pressure sort of circumstances, that has that level of self-belief because we don't see that
1: role-modelled a lot. No, and, and we don't hear those and stories. And, you don't, and
0: do you see how invisible that is? Because obviously now that he's famous, we get to hear that story. But he was just an invisible, anonymous dude in suburbia with that amazing level of self-belief. We have leaders on stages in this on this planet who don't have that level of self-belief that this kid in the suburbs had. It's pretty phenomenal stuff. And I'd be quite curious to know where he got that from. Did his mother help instill it in him? Did he just innately? I haven't studied you know, anything about his mother, but I
1: have heard that she was quite unique. And, well, look, being a psychic, I guess I don't even know yeah. how old he is, but I'm imagining back in the – 60s or something like that and i'm sure that she had some very interesting but parenting styles that were ahead of her, her time. Side,
0: i mean but, maybe he has self-worth issues in other areas of his life but for whatever reason in maybe he was divinely guided maybe he just felt at the core of his being that this was his life's mission his purpose was to be found through holding onto this truth for himself and i, I mean that is such a phenomenal story genuinely i mean tears I oh
1: good so i well, actually, actually, it's interesting that because you know, I have been telling this story for a long time. But Lawrence Tan, one of the gorgeous um, wellness guys, and uh, has other podcasts on, on the channel on the Wellness Couch. Um, he tells that story too sometimes in when he's doing his stage presentations. Yeah. It's a great story. But these these examples that I've given you are to surround yourself with these stories. These stories are everywhere. You know, you can surround yourself with uplifting motivational stories that will keep you on track knowing that these people have been perceived as failure, 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 failure.
0: And Richard Branson, people like that will always talk about this. I've seen um, a chart or a graph in a book um, where it somebody went and studied most successful, like right, really, really successful business people. And they plotted out a graph of their rises and falls over, say, 10 or 20 years of their business careers. And see, so you- People, it goes back to what I said right at the start of today. We tend to think there's just this linear climb that just goes upward to this trajectory to fame and glory. We think it happens with, oh, she just appeared on The Voice on TV and then she just became famous and got a record deal and it was easy for her, or such and such an actress or actor, or you know, or politicians rise to fame, meteoric rise to fame. It's never. There's no such thing as a meteoric rise. To fame. The people who like we've said before with like your Tim Ferrisses and people like that who are very successful businessmen, they work at a level that most of us would just, we can't even conceive how hard they work, blood, sweat and tears every hour of every day of every week, right? Well, it is, you know, and
1: what is your goal and are you prepared to pay the price? Right, there's
0: that. But there's also the fact that what we don't talk about or celebrate publicly or in the media is the way that people, as Jane's been saying, fail to get ahead. So when you chart out these famous successful business people's rises and falls, you see that all of them, like Jane said, they go up a bit, then they come down, then they go up a bit higher, then they come down again. Then they go up a little bit higher, or they flatline for a while, they plateau, they go up, they go down, they go up, then they go up again. And it just, it kind of staggers around until it gets, it's like the stock market. It doesn't just push like that with sustainability forever. It, it goes up, it goes down. You've got to watch it over a really long period of time to see the growth actually happen. It's, it's really quite cool. So I say that because I want you to take the pressure off yourselves. Because look, my son is six, he just turned six. I have no idea where he's got this from, but he's one of those kind of people that if he doesn't get it right first time, he decides. Into a massive flood of overwhelming tears, tantrum, and a high HSP behaviour, yeah? and I'm like, dude, you—it's called practice. It's like I'm 35. I've been practicing some of these things for 35 years to be able to do them. You can't do them the first try, Tom. Like you, you've got to. And I think so many of us are so conditioned, even in something as basic as the Facebook culture we have, where. Every time we look at somebody's Instagram or their Tumblr or their Facebook page, everything's you know projected as perfect. My perfect life, my perfect meal I just cooked, my perfect boyfriend I just went on a run on the beach with. Well, we don't I, put the bad stuff up. I'd love someone to start a Facebook account where all they put is all the yucky stuff that happens every day, like this is the splinter I just got, this is the cake I just
1: burnt. Well, some people do. They definitely do. Yeah. They're venting on there. That would do, well, there's venting, but that's victim that's, behavior. That's exactly. It's, it's different yes. to showing
0: truth, transparency, vulnerability, and flaws, and we don't package that up and sell that in society for obvious reasons so I want people to get grounded a little bit more back into the the ugly realism of what it takes to get there of what failure is and I I challenge you to ask yourselves first of all what areas in your life are you scared of putting yourself out there in and second of all Who who is it that you're actually impressing? Who are you worried about letting down? Who are you actually failing? Is it Dad who's been dead for twenty years? Is it your teacher in year two who said you could never do it? You know, or is it just your little girl self or your little boy inner child self? You need to go back and do that episode again. You know, I just think sometimes the answers to these questions are actually quite basic. So rather than wondering why can't I, like, it's sort of almost concentrating on the goal. I want you to go back and concentrate on the resistance, the block in you. to to, to get there the goal is the easy bit it's the blocks in you you need to remove to get closer to that goal really really quickly
1: i celebrate my failures as steps closer
0: to success jane and i are celebrating lots of things this year we have some amazing stuff in the works for you guys am I allowed to just kind of yeah do do, do 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 we are going to be coming and speaking in melbourne in june and we don't have the dates yet. Of course, you'll know them the second we know them. We are going to be speaking in the Gold Coast in the second half of 2015. We don't have the dates yet. You'll know them when we know them. <laughs> we have a new website, lovelifeshow.com. We uh, we've been syndicated onto a U.S. podcast network, which is called Speak Up Talk Radio. Google it. You'll find us. We have our Facebook page, where, which is still really active, where a lot of you are sharing on the wall and you're direct messaging us your private um, questions for shows. And for counselling, Jane, that is? Yes, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash show. Jane is pumping and powering through coaching and counselling all of you. So if you want to book your session with Jane, get in quick because the lists are getting longer, and your website, Jane? Jane janedonovan.com. I'm the same, I'm taking as many of you as I can carry and I love you all to pieces, want to kiss you all on the forehead and it's RebeccaDetman.com. so please keep finding us through all of our various social media outlets as you see fit, you know we're on Twitter We're on. I'm on Instagram, we're around the place you follow us however feels best for you but above all keep coming back to thewellnesscouch.com every week for your free half hour Wednesday show, we're here and we're giving you the best information we have gleaned over what, 50, 60 years of combined experience Jane and it's all for free and we do this because we want want to shift the world and we want you guys to do it too so until this time next week don't worry about failing go out and fail at as many things as possible and be the most amazing transformative progressive soul you can possibly be because you owe it to yourself and the world life is perfect i'm not trying it's just happening